Welcome to New You, Network for Empowering Women podcast. I'm your host, Christy Bells. Enjoy our array of talented, open-hearted guests and their willingness and courage to share their stories of second chances, life-changing choices, and new perspectives. We're here to uplift and empower you and your journey. You know, we sometimes think that wisdom comes only from people that are older than us or more educated than us. At least I always thought that. But on my life's journey, I have met some of the most remarkable women. As I've grown older, obviously people are getting younger in my world, but I can't even believe the wisdom that I get to hear and share with these phenomenal women. Phoenix Jackson is an entrepreneur. She's a spiritual teacher. She's a bright, bright light on the planet. And I am so blessed to call her friend and to share her wisdom with you on this episode of New You, Network for Empowering Women podcast. All right, let's just give ourselves permission to pause. We start my course with just a moment of silence just to get here, be here. Into the moment. Yeah, it only takes a moment just to take that deep breath, find your center, get yourself in the present moment. How beautiful. Awesome. Well, I can't even tell you how excited I am to be sharing this next time with the amazing Phoenix Jackson. I met Phoenix probably 20 years ago, probably, I don't know, when she and I were both working on the Carson J. Spencer Foundation Board of Directors. We had volunteered for the suicide awareness and prevention programs that they were championing for men. And she was just such a bright light. I fell in love with her instantly. And then we continued to work in each other's fields. Phoenix helped me on some of the marketing in my early business days. And I supported Phoenix in some transitions that she was going through. And we just have fostered a beautiful friendship. It's been too long since I've seen you, my friend, but it's great to be with you. Likewise. Thank and you. It ha- it, it's been about, I mark everything from Simba, right? He's, yep. he's uh, 17. So it's been about probably 15 years. Yeah, he was little. It has a long time. A long time. We both have boys. Simba's yeah. a gorgeous, absolutely stunning human being on the planet, as is my Charlie. And we used to get them together for like opportunities to hang out when we would get together to work or be together. So, and Phoenix was one of the contributors to the TEDx stage when we were curating. She was one of the first people that we got to share the year I gave my talk in 2016. And I have to tell you, she blew me away so much so that when I was writing my book, I asked her to contribute her TEDx talk to the book based on heart. So I have a whole chapter based on heart and Phoenix's TED talk. You have to, we, you have to find it and watch it because she is remarkable. And the way she did it was like so creative and talented. Um, Yeah. So I always (laughs) love the power of the stories, you know, like, so I really just want you to share with our listeners a little bit about your journey. Like where'd you come from? How'd you get here? What are you doing now? Yes. Well, first off, thank you so much for that, that beautiful introduction. And, you know, as I, I think I said to you earlier, I actually went back and listened to my TED talk after 
of, you know, I think years of seeing it. Cause we did those talks back in 2016. 16. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, wow, I was definitely um, in the, in the midst of that vortex of that energy. We had a lot of powerful feminine energy moving during that time. And then we yeah. had the men who were backing us up and sort yeah. of championing us through that time too. So it was, it was pretty awesome flow back then. So, you know, I, uh, I now am in a different state. I'm in Texas. I'm in Houston, uh, Texas right now after spending 25 years of my journey in Denver and Denver was a place that was definitely good to me. I met people like you and, uh, moved there, moved to Denver from Arkansas in my childhood and came to Denver in my teenage years and went to school there, went to college there, ended up teaching at the same university that I went to, to college at, uh, the University of Denver. And all the way around was always consistent in owning, you know, my, my business Phoenix effect. And, you know, we, I met even you, Christy, on the, the journey of that because Phoenix effect was who was originally working with that the nonprofit that we were on the board um, of back then. That's right. You were doing the marketing. Yeah. yeah. So there was just so much that came that became intertwined. And one thing that I learned for sure is that entrepreneurship, if you're doing it properly and evolving in it, and if you have a mission of trying to do right by other human beings in business, so not just seeing it as a capitalistic opportunity, but seeing it as a an opportunity to change the trajectory of humankind, you come across good spirits like mm-hmm. like you, you know. Thank you. And so I can say that in this journey, one of the largest lessons I've learned has been to, as I talked about in the, the TED Talk, to, to uh, pay attention to the spirit of the now, pay attention to the things that are brought in front of me, because first of all, they're probably not going to show themselves like that ever again, mm-hmm. and you are going to potentially change the trajectory of a lot of things when two people come together who are like-minded and like intention, so much magic can happen from it. Um, And if we feel it and we know it's going to be something good coming out of it, I think we will do it a lot more, but a lot of people are afraid of those transitions. They're afraid of jumping in and experiencing Mm -hmm. new souls and experiencing change or even being a part of championing change. And so it's been a long journey of 18 years in business, 18 years of entrepreneurship, uh, in some way, shape, or form, using my skill set to help champion change. Mm-hmm. And it's been lovely. Yeah. It's been lovely. Yeah. Well, you've affected a lot of lives in those 18 years um, on all sorts of levels. So I want to go back to just a little bit about your personal story growing up. And because yeah. you have such wisdom today, and we all come through that thing called life. Right. Mm-hmm. So just bring us back to the early days of your life and how, what what were the seeds? What was it in the, the the fertile soil of your youth that created this wisdom that you have now? Well, I think the biggest thing that impacted me, to be honest, was not having competent parenting. Mm-hmm. You know, they say that children uh, become their environment. Those who do not have necessarily the strength and fortitude to fight against that environment. They just become it. Mm-hmm. If you see your parents smoking cigarettes, you start smoking cigarettes. I did. Sure yeah. did. Yes, I did. <laughs> I remember a time my grandmother would send us to the store with a note to get the cigarettes, right? Yeah, like, right. <laughs> but you, when you see abuse and you see things growing up, you tend to become it. 
And I think what matured me faster than some of the other children around me was because I did not have a consistent mother. She was uh, out of my life at the age of eight. Even though I had my father around, he was battling in his 30s, you know, battling with PTSD, battling with his own addictions, battling with his own emotional upheaval. And so when you have one parent who's not there and you have another parent who's there but not there, Mm-hmm. You learn how to mother yourself. Right. So very early on, I intuitively, and I, and I still remember this. It's like the years passed, but our core self is the same. I remember being like five and like looking at my mother and realizing like she's young. Mm-hmm. Like I was a five-year-old. I remember thinking that. I remember being eight, looking at my father like, oh, he's like physically the strongest man, but like he's young too. Right. Like. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, like that dad over there who's like got gray hair and and mm-hmm. you can tell it's like older. And so I just learned how to protect myself. I learned how to try to cover myself because I had no one else necessarily protecting me. Mm-hmm. And because of that, though, you make life decisions always with those seeds planted of protecting yourself, mm-hmm. covering yourself. I grew up into a young lady who married very young because I still had that. I was like, I think I grew I grew tired of always protecting self. And so I married an older man, but who also didn't properly know how to protect me. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I had to learn through trial and error and even to release the need to for self-protection and to just allow spirit guides to preserve my energy and preserve myself and know that like I through karma and 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 hopefully just good energy. I will not attract any reason to be protected, but just knowing that I'm going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And it, it took me years to sort of know and understand and not make decisions based off of the fear of not being okay. Yeah. 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 What was the awakening for you? Like the, when you say spirit guys, like you, you, you've got a very, very deep, I would say root system, like courses up root, right? Your roots go very, very deep, not only in the depths of, you know, what we'd call the earth, but I feel like your lineage, like you have a, you have a lineage that is with you. Like, when did you have that awareness of how much wisdom you had around you that you could access? I think I was 14. Mm -hmm. So um, when I was 14, I don't know what was going on energetically around me, but I started, that's when I started to dream Mm -hmm. uh, or, or I should say become aware of my dreams. And that's when I would get spiritual visits from ancestors. Some names I knew some that I did not. That's when I first had a dream about my son, Simba. Mm-hmm. I dreamed that I was, that he was, you know, shoulder height and I was pregnant with another son. Mm-hmm. So I knew my two sons would be many years apart, which ended up happening. But you remember this, my second son didn't, didn't make it across, but I, I always knew that they would be many, many years apart. And so 14 was when I started to question the outside reality because my internal reality was different from what I was hearing in the church or hearing what the other adults around. No one can make sense out of how I knew something would happen two days before it happened. Mm -hmm. I had a dream about it, you know, or why I was so attracted to tarot cards and spiritual systems. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to study anything that had anything to do with spirit. Like I wanted to make sense out of like, why are we in this world like what is this experience that we are having as human beings that started around the age of 14 and that was my sort of safe space again it was back to safety i felt safe studying outside 
worlds in a sense, the occult and spirit and other dimensional thought because the physical around me was so unhealthy. Oh yeah, I so get like, it. Has to be something more than this, yeah. right? It has to be. But then I realized I started having a conversation with my parents and realized that my mother's grandmother was a sage. Uh, she her energy was so powerful that everyone in the town came to her for spiritual readings, clearing the view. For, if you had cancer, all the way to just whatever you had going on with you, she knew how to heal and. You can walk in her house three times and she knew her past, present and future. She was very spiritually aware, mm. psychically aware. My mother was telling me stories, but I was like, this sounds like it's fake. Right. So I went to my dad who knew her as well because she passed away um, when I was two. And my dad had spent the last years of his young adulthood in high school living in that household with my mom and her grandmother. And he was like, oh, yeah, like. All that stuff is real. As a matter of fact, did your mom tell you about the time the ghost was tickling my feet or the time that all the things that were going on in the house? Mm-hmm. You know, and I was like, no, you know, and he was and he really explained to me that basically it was OK that I had certain gifts because you got on. It's like this woman in your life was right was, you know, very right. connected to source. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't think most people know that everybody's born with gifts that we all yeah. have. That we all have some sort of the clairs, right? Clairvoyant, cognitive, clairsentient, clair. Can't think of the other two, but right. We all have our unique gifts. You know, I'm very clairsentient. I see, sense, and feel. I don't see. I'm not sighted as clairvoyant, right? But I definitely have the gift of clairaudient. I hear, right? Mm-hmm. Things drop in for me, and I sense. Right? I really can pick up and sense energy around me. Yeah. Right. So those are the tools that I use. So, yeah. And we all have them. And I do think that they come through the DNA. I think they come through our genetic encoding, right? So really interesting that you had a sage grandmother that some of those gifts were passed down to you. She was trained. So she um, she went to schooling and she had training to, oh, hone, in her, to hone in her gifts. Yeah. And so there were just, and things you won't hear about in my history books, you know, mm-hmm. there is every, and you're right, every human has their personal magic. And I think our senses are dulled by the things we eat, the toxic air that we're breathing. Our society doesn't support us being as aware. We're too busy focused on survival versus, you know, focused on honing in and magnifying yeah. those personal experiences we just are in those in those psychic experiences. Yeah. Yeah. But as I, I mentioned a second ago about, you know, growing up in that household, well, you know, I had a younger brother who grew up in that household with me too. And he unfortunately went into the opposite direction. He was one of those people like most humans who become their environment. He became the worst parts of our environment. <laughs> and I'm in the current space. We were talking about lessons. I'm in that current space of you know, with him and with other people in my life of reading my own stuff of compassion fatigue, yeah. and not to empathically take on everyone else's oh, pain no. and traumas, learning to be okay with leaving people to their devices and leaving people to their, their journey. Cause there's no accumulation of growth and strength. If you don't go through your, the other side of your trauma and actually heal and right. maintain self-discipline, maintain self-structure. That's a self job. Yeah. And I'm learning not to enable people as they get on that journey or allowing them to fall. 
And you don't want to see people fall because it hurts you to watch them fall. But it's part of the journey. You know, that's why I made the book, Oh God, a second chance is here. I'm again, because, you know, I fell on my ass or my head or my, you know, so many times, but I learned how to get back up. And that's what built the resiliency to be able to be more of who I am in the world today authentically. We have to take a break, but I want to come back and begin again with compassion fatigue because that just blew my brain wide open. All right. (laughs) We're going to be right back on New You, Network for Empowering Women with Phoenix Jackson. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Christy Bells. Many of the people you meet on my podcast have participated in my course called Uproot. This 15-week course takes you through my transformational process of understanding your roots, what's down there in the dirt you're not looking at, reviewing your path and collecting the tools for life success. I would love to help you on your journey. Learn more about the Uproot course. Take my quiz and see where you might be stuck down there in the dirt and explore my transformational retreat opportunities at christybells.com forward slash Uproot. All right. Welcome back. All right, Phoenix, right before we went to break, you used this word compassion fatigue. And I know it. I know it well. Yes. (laughs) For those who don't know, like compassion fatigue is the cost of caring for others or for their emotional pain resulting from the desire to relieve the sufferings of of other people. And would you repeat? Yes. The cost of caring for others or for their emotional pain resulting from the desire to help relieve the suffering of others. So it is also known as secondary trauma. Secondary trauma, yeah. So basically you are taking on other people's trauma. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you want to keep them from suffering. So you jump in and try to save them because you have compassion and you want to be there for them. But in the meantime, you're actually absorbing that pain, absorbing the energy that they're emitting, absorbing their failures because you're trying to save them from them. Right. Yeah. And that can be so fully exhausting. And I'm realizing that I'm part of the things that I'm healing right now and aligning myself with is disconnecting from the pains of other people. Humans have to learn how to, we have to learn how to contain our own stuff. That's right. And we have to learn how to, as I mentioned earlier, navigate through life and gather our own personal strength. And we can't do that if someone's always there with compassion, softening the landing for us. Right. It's always going to be okay. We have to make sure it's okay for ourselves. That's right. It's an inside job. What's the old joke? There's your stuff, my stuff and God's stuff. And you don't mess around with the other two, right? <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that, but that's real. <laughs> yeah, right. I've never heard that. <laughs> yeah. There's your there's your stuff, right? And that's what you're responsible for. Yeah. And I got a lot of my own stuff. No kidding. I have a lot right? of my own stuff, right? Yeah. And we care. And so I think it's proper to carry your children's stuff up to a certain point. Mm-hmm. But I think anyone outside of that, anyone outside of our, our womb group, like, Hey, we're yeah. not responsible emotionally to carry their weight. That's right. And, I'm and I have to say, at 23, I almost feel like, you know, I am better serving of Charlie by letting him carry his own stuff. You know, I mean, I'll always be mom, right? And mama there probably. But I 
I really trust him to live out his life fully now. Like, and, and even when he's going to fall down, cause he is right. I'm going to be here, but I take, I'm not going to take responsibility for his falling down. Right. That's his job now. So it's a very safe. So you're saying that and I'm smiling in my heart. Cause I'm like, I'm so far away from that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, since well, he's 17, he's still, you know, he's still your baby. He's still in your house. He's like, wait till he goes to college since he's been gone for four years and then moves to another state and gets a big job. And you're like, what? Where's my <laughs> yeah. baby? Where's anyway. my baby? Yeah. I'm uh, I gave him a hug yesterday cause I just could feel he was down, you know? And, and I just, you know, the world is such a place right now. It's so interesting. And I'm concerned about him as a young black man in the world for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. And I just, yeah, so I have to get to that place of uh, strength that you have where you're confident in his ability to navigate the world. So I'll probably be calling you and like, anytime. some guidance. Any, <laughs> anytime. Yeah. 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 So one of the things that I really admire, and I think all of us women that are trying to make a difference in the world through our jobs and relationships, like where is it in our lives that you like kind of throw in the towel? Like you're kind of like, yeah, no more. Or this isn't working. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't working. And, and how do you know that? Because you've made a few transitions in the years Mm -hmm. that I've known you. Yes. So the major transition that I'm currently going through and I had to make a decision, a conscious decision to make a leap. So I, you know, I have been in my business for the past you know, 17 plus years, 17, 18 years. And 10% of the company is still alive. The other 90%, I had to make a decision to let it go. I had to let it make a decision to disassociate my business identity from myself for a while Mm -hmm. to get free to create. I realized that we are either in consumption mode, contemplation mode, or creation mode. Mm -hmm. And my work always kept me in creation mode. I never had time to contemplate and really think on what I wanted to do just for me. Mm-hmm. Right. When I think about some of the speeches I've had and even the TED talk, even the book that I wrote, it was always around spirit, literally would have the, the word spirit in it. But my work was always keeping me from that alignment. My work mm-hmm. was keeping me always just in the business light, business, spirit, business, business, business. And so I had to make a decision with the reduction of of salary, all the things that came with the decision. I had to make a decision that it was time to throw in the tile. It was time to disconnect Phoenix Jackson from the Phoenix effect. Yeah. Time to start feeding my own spirit more and also to put out the wisdom and knowledge I have in the best way that I knew how. For years, people have been telling me to start a YouTube channel. For years, folks have been saying, hey, do you do you do just consulting where we can talk and da, 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 and you can help me through this or help me through that or help me my business get through this and that. And I never took the time to just focus on my brand. Yeah. I was only busy helping other people build from individual solopreneurs to corporations and nonprofits. So last year, I was so burnt out in work. That I told myself and my team, I said, guys, by December 2023, we're completely, we're shutting down the majority of this business. And we're just going to have like a pinch of consulting. But that's it, like strategy consulting. If people need me to help them leap over in business or figure out what their next steps are in their company for growth, whatever, we'll do that. Everything else, 
We're scratching it. We're putting it in a box. We're putting it on a shelf. And they're like, but you're, you're doing this. Everybody knows you. I said, I don't care. Yeah. Well, I beat that goal. And August of this year, I have the last client in the company. Mm-hmm. And I never took it as a sign of failure. I never took it as a sign of I lost something. I took it as it, it was time. Mm-hmm. And if I'm ever if I'm ever going to be my ultimate dream for myself, mm-hmm. which is to be a I would say a young black Pima children, mm-hmm. I cannot continue building for everybody else. I have mm-hmm. to start somewhere, even if I only have 300 subscribers on my YouTube channel. Right. By the way, shameless plug, Phoenix Jackson. Yeah, we're going to give you an opportunity to plug away, girl, because I want everybody to know you. So I think that's really interesting. And in my Uproot course, um, you haven't taken my Uproot course, have you? Uh Anyway, in my Uproot course, I teach, I love acronyms and I use them a lot. But my acronym for me is my essence. So I take me time every day and I teach me time. Like you have to take me time. You have to take time to tap into your essence. You have to take time to listen. You have to take... You're a meditator. I know you meditate and you are very grounded in your spiritual practice. You would be surprised how far I got away from it through the years. Yeah, Yeah, because we get caught up in the doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we get caught up in the doing and we forget that we are spiritual beings and that we need to be tapping into the spirit to be able to fulfill and fulfill what it is that's coming through us, right? Exactly. That's right. Yeah, so me time. Well, I'm really proud of you, Phoenix, because I know how difficult that is to step aside and as a single woman and a mother and looking at resources and all of that, sometimes it's really damn scary to think I just need a time out and I'm going to take it. But what a, what a blessing and what an honor. And you will come out on the other side, like so much more vibrant and so much more like creative. You're going to be, you'll be blown away what comes your way just because you decided to pull the plug. You know what? I feel that. Thank you for validating that. Cause you, I've always known that you were always aware and psychic. Cause I, there's not many times, by the way, audience listening, there's not many times Christy has said something was going to happen that didn't happen. She's always <laughs> on point, <laughs> but it's like, I agree with you. And I think, um, I think so as well. I think that with the shift of identity too, or uh, just a little bit, and it's not even a shift of identity, it's not a shift of inner identity, but it's a shift of how I am expressing myself to the public. It is time to express my authentic self, which means integrating the spiritual side of me as mm-hmm. I express to the public consistently, not always being business Phoenix Jackson. Mm-hmm. And it's it was a scary process to implement, but I know that greatness is going to come from the other side of it. And I would yeah. rather do what I want to do and what I feel like is going to feed my soul and other people's soul than to do what I have to do be- just because I'm good at it. Yeah. Love it. Great awareness of great awareness. Listeners, listen, listen to this wise woman. (laughs) Speaking of wisdom, our time's going to, as usual, go way too quickly. But, you know, because you have so many beautiful and so much wisdom, Phoenix, like if you just pull from your life experience and you share a couple nuggets with our listeners about, you know, the network is Network for Empowering Women. Like what are some tips or ideas or experiences that you'd share with the listeners about how they can step more fully into their authenticity, more fully into their empowered selves. So I want all the ladies here to consciously invoke growth. So what that means is when you guys go to bed tonight, if you can get a little notepad and really sit and just write down a quick couple of sentences 
out to spirit saying, or you can pray it out loud. I like to write because it's a physical action pen to paper, but I'm choosing to invoke growth in myself, spirit or God or whatever your personal language is. What do I need to change and shift in myself that will invoke growth so that I can leap forward exponentially? <laughs> spirit, what do I need to invoke in myself and what change do I need to make so that I can grow exponentially? And however you want to word it that works mm-hmm. right for you. It's your language. This is my language, but I want you to use your language so that you can start downloading in your dreams and in your everyday life. Do this for three days and you'll start downloading and it'll start coming forward. Those things in you, the fear, the anger, the sadness, the the joy, everything that's in you that needs to catapult out so that you can grow will start to surface of the ear. You're going to start to feel uncomfortable, but it'll start to seep out of you. Mm-hmm. When we invoke growth in ourselves, we're basically not waiting for the next lesson to be learned for us to grow. We are saying, I want to, I want it, I want something to occur now to help me catapult. Cause we, you may have something you want to birth. You may have ideas that you want to get out, but maybe there's some things stopping you. Maybe there's some resistance somewhere. So you need to, there's some growth that needs to happen so you can get past that resistance. Mm-hmm. So you're invoking spirit to show you something in your dreams, show you some signs in your everyday life. Or to show you and alarm you in your with your body and how your spirit, your own spirit responds to this invoking of growth. Where do you need to grow? And with that, your your spirit is going to release some things. Mm-hmm. So, so I would tell people to do that exercise. And also, there's a lot of heavy energy that's happening right now. You have strikes that are going on in different industries. You have the financial systems that are a little shaky. You have people who are worried about their livelihood. And I would. I would suggest that you just take a moment to make a list of everything that's worrying you. I'm not, not, I don't want you to journal because that's too formal. I just want you to do like a bullet point list of these are the things that are bothering me right now. Um, I'm just going to make up something. My cat, it needs surgery. Um, I need new windows on the house because my house is drafty. Whatever those things are, put them on the list. And then I want you to look at this list and the three and, and under each bullet point, put two to three steps of actually what you can do to fix it. Mm. And the things that you can't do, the things that you can't fix, I need you to release those things into the ethers. Mm-hmm. You have to free up mental and emotional space Mm -hmm. so that you can actually shine and create and move. But the more that you sit around and contemplate on those things that you cannot change, you're going to continue to invite more things into your life. That's right. (laughs) When you focus on the negative, right, you just keep getting what you're currently getting. When you can focus on what you do want, just like you said, that moves us in the trajectory of our higher good. So yeah. beautiful. And I love those tips so much. And I'm an avid journal journaler. So yeah, sometimes in the morning, just got a pen and paper and just, I call it puke on paper. Yes. Let it all out. Right. Yes. And that way you don't have to carry around with you all day. <laughs> yeah. No, seriously. <laughs> seriously. And just, mm-hmm. and just hand it, hand those worries over and know that you're not alone, that our society is not built for everyone to thrive. Our society is not built for everyone to feel good. Actually, I think our society uh, goes around and around and consumerism goes around and around based off fear. If you're mm-hmm. uncomfortable, you're going to go by. If you're yeah. 
whatever you're, you know, so just know that you're not alone and you're not the only one that's suffering. And matter of fact, there's more people that are in the emotional state than you are than not. But um, also know that you have the strength to cross over. Mm, beautiful. All right, baby. Tell us how, how tell our uh, listeners how they can get a hold of you, where they can learn more about you, get your book, yes. all that stuff. Well, um, speaking of book, my second book called Keep Betting on Yourself will be out in the fall of 2024. Awesome. And I'm extremely excited about that. So I think the easiest way to get in contact with me is on YouTube. I just launched a new YouTube channel. Um, I will have the, I will leave the link for Christy in the byline, but it's just at Phoenix underscore Jackson. Love it. Um, and just find me and videos come out every Thursday that are about what me and Christy are talking about right here, uplifting practical tools and tips. Sometimes I'm yelling at you to motivate you across the other side, but, <laughs> but, it's, but it's good stuff. You'll like it. And I would love for you to grow, to grow with me there and. Um, there I'll always have tips, uh, and I'll be giving out free eBooks and other things. So you can either go to phoenixjackson.com as well, sign up for our newsletter. We have a Facebook, Facebook group that has 7,500 people in it already, nice. or you can, um, I'm on YouTube. Like I said, I would love for you to join me and please feel the spirit. Feel, please feel the spirit of Phoenix, like her beautiful face and her essence. She just exudes it. So All right. Thank you. We'll make sure all that gets in the show notes that people that are following us, my love, I just, you know, I love you. I adore you. you I just think you are, I just think you are awesome sauce. So thanks for being here with me today. Um, I miss you and I hope we'll stay in touch a little bit better. We will. I will be back there soon. Um, I'll be back there in November and I will definitely come and see you. So don't be surprised when I like call you the day before. I was like, Hey, I'm coming yeah, to the house. Right on. That's all right. <laughs> Hopefully I'll be in town. <laughs> all right. So this completes the eight week series of women contributing to my book. Oh God of second chances and those that transformed lives on the TEDx stage. I'm so delighted to share these wonderful women with you. Please join me in my next segment, what we call stage advice from the wise women where I'll be talking to older women to get their take on life experiences, aging, and living a full, authentic life. Can't wait to see you next time. Blessings. It is my joy to showcase the voices, choices, and stories of women and the messy details of life's journey. As you've experienced, my guests are thriving with purpose and authenticity, but that does not mean that their life is easy and without challenges. I've dedicated my life to you and your journey. Thank you for listening to New You, Network for Empowering Women podcast. Please subscribe and learn more at christybells.com forward slash new podcast.